Oh my goodness, diary listeners. My apologies. This is ridiculous how long (laughs) this episode has taken to put out. I really want to thank all of you for your patience and uh, for the time that you allowed me to have to travel. And it's really funny because I just re-listened to this, you know, in case there was any editing and I will say that it it really healed me. I I had a day today that uh, just, well, in general, I have been very low energy. And I I think that it's just an overwhelming feeling that I had that I think happens a lot. But to equivocate it to to, uh, Carol, Carol LeBaron, and this is part two of our time with her. I, uh, I understand what it is to like, you know, have, have something happen that whether it's good or bad, that just kind of knocks you and you have to get back to center again. So without further ado, I am dubbing this diary entry. I can see color again. Part two of my awesome time with Carol. It's always awesome. And I hope it does for you all what it did for me. Enjoy. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. I guess my message that I want to put out there, you know, that you can edit this any way you want where you put it, but that this experience that I had, even though it's only been a month, like, you know, she, she, so actually today's the 20, maybe it was exactly a month ago. Today's the, it was the day after Christmas. What's today? Like the 20, yeah, it was a month ago that she's gone. She's been gone a month. Wow. Um, so it's not that long. But I, right before she died, she told someone, you know, I've lived a really good life. And she was telling how proud she, she, she had, you know, all of her children. She had grandchildren, great-grandchildren. She had gotten to spend time with all of my children and my grandchildren and my great-granddaughter this summer. So she had a great, great granddaughter when she died. Wow. Um, and she's always so family oriented. And, and she was, and so this, this when we were in, in Newbury Court, this, this woman came and she actually used to be the, she was the former chaplain, but she still lived there. And she said, she wanted to tell us the story about mom, how mom came and told, told her this about how, how, what a good life she'd lived and how happy she'd been, how happy she'd been in community. And then she said, this is what we all want for ourselves. Because we told her the story, of course, how mom died and how fast it went, how happy she was on her last day, surrounded by family, in a beautiful place. She was out in nature. She got to take a walk outdoors. All the things she loved on her last day that she lived. And she died in her daughter's arms died of Barbara's arms and it, you know and all of our arms because yeah. even you know we were all there with her and I was even with her after her breath had left her body but her spirit was still there I believe yeah. is you know, 
And so this, this woman was saying, you know, thank you for sharing the story because that's what we all want. And my, what is it, niece-in-law? My, my, my nephew's wife, is it called? I, don't know what I guess, yeah, I guess. <laughs> anyway, she said that she, to her, that story meant so much because this woman was using the word we and that it just situated mom in this community of people where they talk about these things, mm-hmm. that they are all at the end of life, that this is part of, you know, they're there. They're in a place where this is, you know, people do whatever this work is that we have to do. That this is, and I'm, I'm someone that doesn't, you know, I'm afraid of death still. I, like, I don't want to be cremated and I don't want to be in a coffin. And I, you know, like, I'd like to just be in like a cave or something where I could get out. Like, I, I'm, I'm so I'm claustrophobic, you know, and I'm like, yeah. And I, in my own personal journey, I haven't been able to reconcile the idea that my spirit and my body are separate. Like I'm so, I, I have this terrible fear, like this Edgar Allan Poe idea of being in a coffin, but still being alive type of thing. I have not been able to um, overcome. Right. The experience has helped me a little bit, you know, and, and Barbara has, has um, mom's ashes at her home because we're going to do the memorial service in, in the spring. And we have a smaller bag of ashes that we'll scatter at the lake also. yeah and so before I left Barbara's house I actually almost forgot to if she brought him home and I'd been there two days and I hadn't even gone over and looked at the urn I don't know what but then I was like oh my gosh I I went back up the icy driveway and went in and said goodbye to the urn you know but and I was so glad I did because I had this home you know that it was just and my my creative energy is I can feel it that it's it's coming back and so, you know, anybody out there, like I'm talking to anybody that might be listening to this. Um, and I know that I probably am really lucky because I lost someone that I love that I had a great relationship with that I got to say everything I needed to say. She died in a way that everybody would wish that they could die. And so you, if you're out there, you may have this experience that I had that I'm grateful for, or your experience might not be, might have things in it that are painful for you, but they're all things that, that are given to us that are things that we can walk through. This feeling of being able to see color again will come. That's my message of hope today. I, I can see color again today. And this, and, and, I, and this isn't a plug, but I just want to say, cause I'm doing this color and creativity workshop, which I had was going to start do it on February 1st and 3rd. I just changed the dates to March 3rd and 3rd because I can't do it in, oh, next yeah. week. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to spend the month of February working on that. And hopefully I'll, I'll nice. get a few people that want to come and just, you know, colors, the elephant is back. Yes. <laughs> she wrote a book when she was (laughs) a young girl called colors the elephant and it was all about this elephant that was talking about how you could be any color you wanted to be yeah i don't know if it's in the things mom had or not i haven't seen it yet but i have yeah it'd be really cool to find that um if you found it but that's super cool you know it's funny so i'm going to touch on this just simply because we had a very powerful conversation. It was what well, I, I will really remember this moment in um, when my last guest visit uh, to Weird Ink Society, I had a walk-in. It's the first walk-in I've had in years. Uh, 
And it kind of was weird because in this masked world, I didn't see her face. Like I only saw from here up on her. And that was very weird for me. Um, I designed a whole tattoo for somebody that I only saw from here up. Um, and I had a whole moment with her and same with me. I mean, unless she looks me up online, she only saw from here up on me too. And so what we shared was this, and her tattoo was really interesting because she wanted a woman with four eyes. Um, so that was that, that piece was this four eyed woman. And that was what we shared with each other was both of our eyes. And if you pay attention to the tattoo, one eye is kind of looking at the viewer and one eye is kind of like set of eyes is kind of looking off a little bit. Um, but it's very subtle. It's very, very subtle. Um, but it was a very cool thing. And while we were talking, she was telling me about her family and she has a difficult mom and she was like, you know, I don't know if I should connect with her while she's in town because I don't know if, if this is, you know, if I should, if I should even go through that, you know, like, uh, you know, the hope and all of the despair of like, you know, maybe she'll, you know, think about things or maybe she'll hear this or whatever. And so I offered her something that I think that this episode will offer a lot of people, which is that, I said, you know, this isn't going to answer your question. Um, I'm, I'm not here to do that. That's up to you. Cause I don't know what your mother's done and I don't know that relationship, but I will say this. I think about, and I have thought about all of the friends of mine who, when I, when I think about my difficult mother and my difficult relationship with my mother, my mother's not, she, she is what she is. She's awesome. But the relationship's hard and he'll tell you, he, he, he's had to experience it too. Oh my God. These two are ridiculous. All of a sudden the conversation will be, fuck you. No, fuck you. It'll just go oh, real. Are you a lot alike? Um, yeah, we are. And that's what my therapist has said. He's like, she calls her mom the snapping turtle. Yeah. We call her uh, uh, the tortuga. El tortuga. Yeah. Um, She does. She looks like a snapping turtle. And she used to say that about her father, who also looked like a snapping turtle. So it's funny because they look alike. Yeah. And they have very similar personalities, let me tell you. I mean, my grandfather was, he loved me. uh, I mean, and visibly so, but he was a very formidable guy. And he was not easy to love. And I, I got like him when it was, turtle. Well, I got him when it was easy because I always made him breakfast. So he loved he loved that I cooked for him. But what I said to this girl was, you know, I think about my mom, and I had to think about my mom when I lost my therapist because of of what she did, what she did to like bring bring me to somebody that could help our situation. And I also thought of all of my friends, which I have several who have lost their mothers really young and, and would give anything, anything to have one more argument with their mother. Yes. And I don't know if this will help you, but what I, what I came to find for myself was that I don't get to pick the mother I have. You know, like that's not, that's a, I should be grateful that I have a mother, that I still have a mother. 
and I still get to enjoy her. And it's not about, it's not about her changing based on what I want her to be. It's about recognizing what she is and finding gratitude for that and seeing her and perhaps through seeing her for what she is, maybe then we'll see each other a little better, but it's not about getting the mother I want. It's about appreciating the mother that I have and kind of levying the expectations about what will happen when, whenever we, we interact. The point is, is that we're authentic, that, that I am what I am when I'm around her and she is what she is around me. So that when that day comes where I no longer get to have her or her me in that kind of tangible sense, where we, we get to interact like this, I'll know all things were said. I'll know everything. That's for sure. Is to rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he knows. I, I have a little language you know. thing that could really help you. Yeah. With yes. Okay. Yes. So you, part of, of that beautiful thing that you just said was I should be grateful for the mother that I have. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that I've been doing in my language. I, I, and it came, my daughter, Emily, told me about it. Um, so every time we want to say the word should, mm-hmm. we replace it with the word could. Okay. I could. So it changes that sentence to, I could be grateful for the mother that I have. And then this, oh, this okay. relationship. So like when you say, boy, I should eat less sugar. You would say, I could eat less sugar. Right. If you change that should, you know, and, and in it AA, the accountability, I should all over myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you change should to could every time you hear your, your mind, like, or when you're talking to someone <laughs> else, Danny, you should get out of bed. Danny, you could get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. Every it's much different. Time, it's completely different. But right. it says the same thing. And it gives like liberty to yourself. One and to affirmation. And to your mindset. Yeah. Well, and it gives, it gives accountability. It gives power to, to yourself and, mm-hmm. and the person. No, I love that. I love yeah. that. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you for putting every time you hear this, just stop. Could. No, I like that. It's the same as don't say, I'm sorry. Say, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, don't or say I was wrong. Yeah. 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 Take, take accountability. Or fuck well, off. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> there are times you really need to do that. I'm, I'm wrestling with that right now. With yeah. Well, that, that, that has happened between my mom and I. <laughs> so, and we have not fucked off. It's hilarious, like, <laughs> man. Like, and then her, her mom would be like, don't, don't stop yelling at me. And Amy would be like, I'm not, I'm talking to you. You were yelling at me. <laughs> She can't hear. So that's a big problem. <laughs> oh man, it's hilarious. It's- no, this is funny. This is why I think it's kind of, she can hear better than what she puts off. Cause like somebody will literally mention an idea and she will completely like pretend like she didn't hear it. Then out of nowhere, about 10 minutes later, she will literally mention the exact thing that you said it's not that it's that we are actually connecting at this point and we do think we are very similar it's just that now she can't yeah exactly question when danny and i were in couples therapy you know and and we get he he couldn't stand because i couldn't i could not answer a question i I still can't 
I can't answer a question with yes or no. Like if you ask me, ask me, is the is that um, tapestry behind you red? Just ask me. No, it's like no, it's it's all it's a lot of colors. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but I wanted to say no. I'll say, well, it's got red in it, but it's also yeah. it's kind of red. But it's so he said whenever you're getting in that argument. So for you with your mom, if if, if it's because you just go. He made us these little cards that were question marks. And instead of saying yes or no, or the answer. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I put out on the network that I'm, I am an insatiable student of life. I'm that person who answers questions with questions. Mm-hmm, like, I, and, and people get frustrated with that. Like I've had people say like, and just the same as our last conversation, when you were talking about how people get frustrated that you use bigger words or things like that, it puts them in a place where it really, you don't understand. And in some way they feel it's them having to justify themselves or, or break it down in a way that's um, very rude of you to, to want to like have them explain themselves, but it's like, well, no, I I don't understand. How is me seeking clarity so that I can understand how I feel? How is that robbing you of, of yourself? This is, this is, it's funny because that's what it ends up becoming. It's about that rather than about you. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. That's when you know you, um, and it's good to have those cue cards because if you don't have those breaks and I've actually, I've, I've suggested this for my parents too. I was like, you know, have buzzwords or have, have trigger words or have something that can say, let's end this conversation now, because you get to a point where you are, you are just defending yourself within a conversation and they do it a lot, but then you're not communicating communicating is about sharing with the the idea of moving forward and if if both people are just defending themselves then you should just be alone you should just go off and like it might be a point where you have to like think about what you have to say or think about what the other person has had to say and then come back and address those things but but when you're both defending yourself there is no collaboration there is no teamwork um you're both so, yeah. listening to respond. Yeah, yeah. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A great one that 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 also works for me really well. And this was something that that my sponsor had told me years ago. Was um, if somebody comes at you with something like, you know, the other day you had seven shoes on and it just made me so mad. And and you want to you want to just come back at them. So it's not your fucking business that I'm wearing seven shoes. Like how dare you say that? Instead, you just let me think about that. Yep. Yep. And yep. then you say, yeah. Well, because too, there's also a point of like de-escalation because when a person is confronting you, nine times out of ten, they're confronting you under a pressure point of of emotionality. Because had, had it really bothered them it very intensely, they would have mentioned that when you were actually wearing the seven shoes, you know, but they didn't bless you. They had Thank to you. get, they had to get to a boiling point. I was like, I can't hold it in. Oh my God. You know, when you just sneeze like that, no. 
What are you going to get seven shoes, Rico, or what? <laughs> <laughs> seven shoes. But no, like if they had if they had really been mad about it when it happened, then they would have confronted it then. So when they're confronting it delayed, you're getting them at a boiling point and saying, let me think about that. Right. It will allow them to de-escalate too. Because at the point that they're confronting you, they're probably, they've probably been thinking about the confrontation for like a whole day at least. So oh, yeah, they get obsessing over those days. Right. And you're not, you're not prepared for the com- confrontation at that point. You're just hearing about this for the first time. Whereas they're boiling, they're getting to this boil to where they can finally, it's, it's, it's like in the art of war, that, that little book that's so great. They're, I have I need to read it. Read it's it good. I mean, it's very like war-based and clinical, but it's, it's, if you think about it in a, in a metaphorical and applicable sense to everyday life, they're, they're basically, they've got high ground on you because they're prepared and they're catching you non-prepared. And if you say within that engagement, wait a minute, I don't want to have a war here. I want to have a diplomacy. And then you, you tip the balance of that interaction. And then you say, let me think about that. That then gives you the ability to get your arsenal so that you're both able to come into a conversation de-escalated on similar ground so that you can actually have a conversation and it's not going to be this inflated war. It's not going to be a battle. Yeah. Because the person's pretty much attacking you. <laughs> like, like that's what they're doing. They're catching you off guard and on high ground and they're, they're just launching assault. So if you say, well, this is, you know, you're launching assault. And my therapist did give me that advice too. She was like, you know, Amy, what I see of you is you're very reactionary. Um, an important thing to know, especially in conversation is to ask for time. Tell people, I don't know. I don't know yet. You're going to have to give me time to think about that before I can actually, because this is an important, you know, it's an important conversation. I care about how you feel, but, but I'm not prepared to answer you right now. So if you can give me some time and she was like, and anybody who won't give you time, they're not worth it anyway. Let them leave your life. I like that. That that's what I need to say to this text that I've gotten from someone recently. Yeah. Sitting on it because it was another attacking text and I'm like, okay thought we were done with this and <laughs> apparently we're not because you're so selfish yeah I love how that that works too but but once you <laughs> once you've done healing um and what's great about I think you and me at this point is that we really want to share these things with the world so that we can bring this to other people so that we can make not only our own relationships better, but hopefully um, really help theirs because it, it, that's the way we all get to have that kind of life experience is that, you know, people would in this culture anyway, right now, people would seek to make you feel guilty for like having a really great life and experience and all of those things yes yeah yes i i have a friend who gets angry when i say i'm happy yeah it's like you can't possibly be that happy (laughs) and and i i mean i'll be honest i'm not great at making keeping friends yeah because i love i i love to be alone 
I'm very happy on my hill. I, I could be very happy with three or four people. I could be happy dying alone on my hill. Actually, you know, if I have my sisters. I have, I have people like you. I, I, I don't know. I don't really feel like I'm alone. Yeah. So I shouldn't take someone else's label. But people that really need a host of friends feel as though you're doing something wrong if you're ha- if you don't need the same thing mm-hmm. I, I haven't figured out how to navigate that you don't mm-hmm. other than you I, I feel like you just keep being you um because if they're not going to take you as you are they're not really a friend they're not a compatriot they're not somebody worth keeping in your inner circle so that's that's the truth of it is that like oh. you 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 never <laughs> I mean, I had a bunch of friends in COVID that left me. And what I realized upon reflection is that if I, if we were to think about all of our interactions, for the most part, they tried to lessen my shine. They really did. They really tried. They could not, like you just said, they could not understand the wealth that I felt, no matter whether they were making more money or me. They, they couldn't understand why I was content with my choices, with my life within how I operated they it was it was completely unfathomable to them yes and, and they yes. kept trying to take away at it they kept <clears throat> questioning me about me and about why I was the way I was and because it was just so alien to them and in retrospect they were really trying to bring me down um they were trying even to though they me. wouldn't they didn't even they don't realize it no they think that they're helping you because mm-hmm. they believe that you need what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's That's funny crazy. and we both do it to each other. Like I, <laughs> I did it to them too. Um, however, here's my thing is that th- the reason why I will trump them, I feel <laughs> is because my shit my shit comes from a source that is pure because in all of my time that I, so I worked in the beauty industry, for example, this is a good, good way to break it down. And I had all these women that would come to me and they'd want to look like someone else. They'd want, you know, they'd want Jennifer Aniston's hair. And I'm like, well, you don't have an entourage of people doing your hair for you every day. Like Jennifer Aniston does. And you have three kids. Okay. So Let's give you one. Well, I (laughs) know. Let's give you something you can do to make you feel beautiful in your skin. That's applicable to your life. That is going to be something that you enjoy and that factors in with your life. What I, what I teach, at least that what I try to exude to people is ownership of themselves and their choices. And that comes from a place that only you can feel and you don't have to justify to anyone else, but it exudes from you in such a radiant way that people, they, they sit there and they wonder about it. They're like, how, how do you have that? And it's, yeah. it's simply what the one thing they're unwilling to do, which is to look inside and be real with themselves and de-escalate everything and stop chasing this dragon of things where you're going to buy, you're going to buy this, like, massively expensive hair treatment in order to get Jennifer Aniston's hair so that you can what? So you can what? 
Like, are you going to go out and become an actress like the next day? Like, what exactly? She have straight hair. Well, yeah, but like it's beautifully straight. I mean, she has got some banging hair. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know. I don't really noticed her hair. I mean, it's straight hair. It was a huge fad for a while. It was this cut oh, okay. she had in her friends' days that everybody was chasing. Then it was Victoria Beckham, and then there was like, there's a, all these friends that. that like go through. That it's the same with tattoos too. Like I'll, I'll get within the same week, like like a handful of people that want elephants they'll just like cycle through it's like what's the pinterest special now like what are we looking at is it arrows is it is it infinity knots is it like, like the boat anchor you can literally see the societal trends within Three the art stars. that you're commissioned to do and and That's i true. that is true right and so i would what i always seek to do with people is i try to redirect them and i'm like stop stop comparing yourself to other people what is you you're here with me i am a catalyst for what we can make together that has never been done this is a purely unique moment where we can create something that invokes all the nuances of your life what we're going to share together and it will become this amazing moment that you get to wear forever that's uniquely yours so let's let's I mean, we can infuse some things that visually you like, they're, they're valid, but all this other stuff, you know, stop trying to be a poor man's blah, blah, blah. And that's the thing is that like, and my dad kind of hated it at times because I, you know, it came down to like elder women. He's like, why don't you, why don't you encourage older people to, to dye their hair? Don't you think they look better? And I was like, no, not necessarily. I was like, I, I think an older person that looks great is somebody who has aged gracefully into their age and exudes all of the wisdom and all of the regalness that you get from that age. And that doesn't require you to dye your hair. And I was like, I, I love seeing smile lines on a person who has, you know, smiled most of their life and and who has you know these eyes that just radiate experience and truth and like depth and my face has both yeah i know (laughs) you can see the smile lines yes also see like the yeah they're all nights you know and things like that all all of those marks are for me that's beautiful like to me that's beauty and asking people to own that. And the reason why I say it trumps it is because it is the cheaper option. That's the only way you don't <laughs> become a part of the cycle of capitalistic bullshit. That's the only way that you, you divert that is if you pick out who you are, what you are, what your boundaries are, what, what things make you happy and you invest in those that's the only way that you cut out the rest because otherwise you're just chasing the dragon. You're just going after one thing after the other. The whole idea of, and you know that I'm, I'm not a person that, that, that has gotten tattoos and it's, it's probably not likely that I will. Um, it just, I don't think it's me, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about it a little bit. I've I, I've always loved, like I've always fantasized about it, but I love it on other people. It's like- You want me to paint you, which I think is cooler. Yes, I would like you to do that. But what I'm getting at is 
the whole idea of body art, and, and so I'm saying tattoo because tattoo is permanent. Mm-hmm. Tattoo is a statement that it's a certain type of person that will have a tattoo, <clears throat> wants a tattoo, and will go through what it takes to, to, there's a whole, and I understand that. That's why I know it's not me. That's mm-hmm. why I have so much deep respect for people that do it. And, yeah. and have done it since the earliest tattoos, which I still haven't quite figured out when that is, but I'm fascinated with the history of it. And, and it's but old. it's, old, it's <laughs> yeah, I think it's at least probably 10,000 years, mm-hmm. probably older. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, humans, one, one thing, and it probably was, you know, a, a, a spiritual thing to begin with, it was probably shamans. It was probably people that were, you know, using, whatever those images were to transform themselves. And yeah. so I think of early sculpture, like the lion humans, things like that, that they would, that they would become, you know, back then the spirit world was closer in so many ways, 10,000 years ago. And I think we're, I think we're heading back there. Yeah. But, so too. all of that being said, the idea of something trending on your own body, if you're a person that wants to own a tattoo, is <clears throat> such an oxymoron. It, it's like, it'll be like um, eating shit with a silver spoon. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I know. It, I mean, seriously. I mean, and we feel this way about NFTs too. Like, like um, on the reverse end of it, like the whole idea of that's such a block for me with NFTs. What's NFT stand for? NFTs is non fungible token. Yeah. yeah, I I can't I can't get behind the NFT because I don't want to. Yeah, I and I don't either. I is that, I, that it, cryptocurrency stuff. It okay. Oh. So it, no, it's well, cryptocurrency has. Um, it does have a link there as far as like, it's a, it's a trackable thing that is trackable towards a source as far as code. So what's an NFT then? An NFT is a digital, it's a digital token <laughs> of, of whatever <laughs> elected. It's the it's, same shit. No, it is. It is. Like say, see the, see the artwork behind me. Yeah. If I made a little um, JPEG of that, mm-hmm. right. And then I used whatever expensive program that they've come up with, because the people that are making the money on the NFTs in the end is going to be the software people and the people that sell the courses and all of them, just like gaming. Now you have to have a master's degree in gaming. There's a whole academic in, in the past less than 10 years, an entire branch of academia has been, has been created around gaming because there's so much money in it. It's about the money. So the NFT, it's the same thing. There's going to be academia for NFTs. It's going to be entrenched in the art world. It's all going to be the internet. Then there's going to be a, there's going to be an EMT. What is it called? EMP, magnetic charts. EMP. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so you have to use a special code and then you can see that. And then it has a signature. And so supposedly... When you buy that, you can auction it off for $300,000, which in so the beast has just sold their first one or Christie's. I forget which one. There's some auction house. See the saw the bees or Christie's. I can't remember which one, but I read, you know, I subscribe, I get the art news newsletter and sometimes I read it and sometimes I don't, you know, and, and they're starting to push this stuff because their dealers are discovering there's money there. And, and it's like, yeah, it, yeah. that's the thing is that it's, it's all about money, but here's my thing. And we had a long talk about this one clubhouse was that, 
there's there's no tangible thing there and no. that the decadence of it it is like eating shit with a silver spoon because like you you t- you listen to these people talk about how they bought this mm-hmm. fucking digital whatever the shit it is for a hundred thousand dollars because if they if they really look at what they've done and and they could feed yeah, a country. I'd rather buy they could, they could buy my house gold, for me. Gold. <laughs> like that's the thing is that me as a person who's going, you know, this is my happiness. Like I chose to stay in this house, and I really like this house. And I, it's a rad house. It's a rad house, and I don't want to. I don't want to leave it until I'm ready. But I still have to pay off it, and I still owe a certain amount on it, and I owe about as much as these people are paying for these little fucking digital icons that really. <laughs> Yeah. Really, I am completely within my realm to make these things because as far as an artist is concerned, I know I've seen what they're buying and I'm like, I am way better than these people. But oh, like yeah. I could just get a little fern, it would be fine. Right. But I'm I'm thinking about like like for instance, we were watching this is a, a low point in my life, by the way, fans. Um Carol, I admit this on on air. Um, I was watching Selling Sunset, and I cannot believe that I was watching this. What is it? It's awful. I, I, but I watch that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't watched that one yet. I watch reality TV. I don't know if you can handle this one. This one was decadent. (laughs) This is decadent. It's it's real estate agents selling property in LA. I've actually looked at that one. I haven't started watching it yet. But is there a um yeah because it's a train crazy it's a fucking train and these people are alien like like you're just like the things that they worry about they think about i'm like holy shit dude um but i like it i like it for the dealings i like for i like it for like the business exchange and and just kind of like looking at upper upper scale like um i guess professionalism on certain levels that that's all very congruent um but there's a scene where this girl she's looking she's pregnant and she's looking through one of the characters she's looking through this like million dollar home it might even be more than that and she's like talking about her one child that she's about to have and how she's not sure if this will be enough space and she's (laughs) she's got she's got this the the guy who's showing her the place it's her coworker. He's a former yeah. coworker that she worked with. He picks up her her chain, this beautiful bejeweled chain, and lifts it up. You think you're going to see a purse, but what it is is a little folded chair on a chain. And I'm looking at this girl, and, I, and she's like, "Oh, it's my chair purse. Look, isn't that cute?" And she just unfolds the chair and like sits it there, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell is this she goes it's real it's cute innovation it's it's an accessory you wouldn't understand hey man you can market <laughs> that to guys if they go shopping and, and that's just need a seat that's essentially how i feel about nft i want one like a chain chain wallet chain chair and i'm thinking about how much money i mean she's looking at this million dollar like mecca home that's like a it's like bigger than most churches and she's saying it doesn't have enough space and she has this church purse this this chair not this chair purse sorry this chair purse that doesn't hold anything (laughs) and i'm thinking about like what the fuck did she spend on that i wish they had like a little dollar mark that went up just for this accessory i'm totally looking at them up online right now i'm gonna see if you can buy a chair purse on (laughs) 
chair burst. <laughs> it was yeah, the let's, most let's, ridiculous let's thing ever. I'm gonna Google it. It was ridiculous. I gotta see this. Okay, be my Jamie. You know, fact check this. But dude, this thing was chair. the most ridiculous well, it's thing. It's just coming up with lounge chairs. It's not showing any chair. Oh my faces. god, it's a fold-out chair purse on a on a bejeweled. <laughs> on a bejeweled there it is there it is right yeah. there right there show her show her it's, it's, look, it's literally a oh chair. my god <laughs> <laughs> i thought that you could oh actually sit on that oh, yeah, yeah, no. it's, oh, it's not even oh. most dolls would struggle to sit on that Dude, like, it's only 121 dollars so hers was probably more than that. You can get it on Etsy for a hundred. What in the hell? I thought it was like an actual thing no. that like was of substantial no. size, like one of Flavor Flav's clocks. No, his, you know that, that would have folded out into a stool that she could sit on. For a pregnant woman, that would have made sense. No, yeah, see, she's carrying woman. it here. Yeah. That's, that is ridiculous right why <laughs> i guess it's for a shot or like your your drink she would say it's beverage. an accessory and you don't get it which you know what if again, you're so like think about this nfts you're like a so instagram personality or social media like people are going to remember you for that chair purse oh they they i'm pretty sure that's the reason why there's an etsy for a chair purse mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because of that fucking woman <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Like, why why my feelings about what I know and how I cultivate my happiness trumps the chair purse, I think is evident. Okay? I think it's evident. Um, Why why is my philosophy... This is Jason's new bling. Chair purse. I'm chair purse. It should be his NFT. It's a chair. I swear to God. Or a pair. And... (laughs) So like, that's why I'll say all day long, my, my philosophies on happiness, they're, they're basically so that you can walk into the fire of your life feeling really great. You can meet your death feeling such bliss and such peace because you know that you invested in what mattered to you. And, and I know important. my mother laughed like this on her last day. And it's like, it's, I've been thinking lately, like, what if you just lived every day as if it was your last day? Like, make the most. Make Carpe the most Don't waste your time. Time is so precious. I've, I've said it on the podcast <clears throat> before, but I do recommend this because um, I think it's appropriate to put it out again. Write your own eulogy. Um, it's very powerful. Um, because it makes you think about how you would want people to remember you. And it makes you think about how you choose to handle certain situations in your life um, when you're in difficult times. Uh, I've done it a couple of times and it changes. And I, you know, I, tr- I trump them, you know, at times. But I, I tr- and, I, and I think about what I'll say at, at people that I love, you know, eulogy, if I have that opportunity of, of giving their eulogy of like how I will phrase that because of what I want our relationship to be or what our relationship is. Um, and it brings me a very, it brings me a lot of gratitude and it also makes decisions a lot easier for me because it's, it quantifies, you know, everything down to a very pivotal point. And it's about mm-hmm. kind of, like you said, teaching yourself not to think about yourself first 
how do you want other people to remember you and what kind of marks because we're artists what kind of marks do you want to make on this world what will be that so it's very powerful yeah yeah and that's when back to the whole title for this podcast creativity through adversity that's what that is yeah is that no matter what that adversity is it's a life experience if you're experiencing adversity it means you're alive mm-hmm. so you can choose to look at it and not that you have to fight it head on but you don't need to close yourself off from it either or deny it or pretend it isn't there yeah no it, it that's the kind of um that's the kind of heat you need, actually. Um, that's why, like, you every all the juices are kind of coming back when you're seeing color again. It's, it's not because there's no pain; it's because there is pain. There's something to comment on. There's something to reflect on and to pull out of you and to meditate through and to romance your experience again and commune with um, to feel. I think that's also something that that artists, you know we need to feel things very intensely, you know, like, I think that's why a lot of us are addicts. A lot of us don't make it past 27, you know, like it's because, yeah, we have to, we have to suck the marrow out of every experience and have, have the richness of it and go deeper than what most people are willing to go because, because we want, we want to feel the pain. We want to feel it enough to really comment on it in a way that we can give these truths to people who are maybe not willing to go that far. And And if we don't have the tools, when that pain hits us, then we find our escape mechanisms. This is where the addiction went to anything, whether it's to credit cards, rulers, alcohol, pills, or seven shoes, you know, where any of that comes from. Mm-hmm. is wanting to make things go away so there's always that fine line as as creatives you know you know this mm-hmm. that you have to be walking on the tightrope all the time but you got to be you got to we need each other we need the safety net mm-hmm. so yes i can say all day long i love being a hermit on the hill but at the same time you know, talking with you today has been amazing oh come out, you know i've i've been able to come out and t- tell this story which has been really healing for me. And, you know, looking at it and say, okay, I don't have to say this. I don't have to say that. I don't need to give graph. I don't need to, I can talk about my own experience walking through this. And, and the color thing, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was like four days ago. Um, it was a really, it was one of those days was gray most of the day, but then the sun comes out. And so the hills that I showed you in that picture were purple on top or somehow because there was sun and moon at the same time and the sun was just going down so it turned them like this deep bright magenta kind of like the color that's in that fern there behind me. wow color and i noticed it and i'm like oh my god i'm seeing this color and it was a physical sensation of color and i knew in that moment that i'm gonna feel better that it's i'm gonna get better but it hasn't really been until yesterday and today that more of myself came back so there there are fits and starts to it yeah oh yeah oh yeah 
and and you know fortunately you have Danny and you have your sisters and uh, your family to like share you. this with you me yep yeah creative creative life Rico Don't feels it too I mean a lot of the reasons when people ask him you know how do you how do you weight lift or how do you get like that he's like dude you got to go through a lot of shit like you, you got to suffer like I've suffered I've I've lived a life share a little bit like that's that's what you've had to say to me. well yeah i had a military stepdad man yeah <laughs> like so when you got yeah. somebody kicking the shit out of you constantly telling you that you're weak and stupid yeah that'll like you know you can either you know you turn that into you know either a positive or a negative thing but mm-hmm. you know like it was mm-hmm. we had to do yard work constantly which is a good thing honestly but like we were physically abused, man. Like we, we had this shit, like I was getting fucking punched in the head at like fucking 13 years old, Yeah, you know, like back talk. I mean, you know, getting, you know, pop for back talking is one thing, but getting like rocked, <laughs> it's a complete, you yes. know, oh, I, I, I'll share one story. It's, it's, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. Well, my older brother, right, at the time lived with us. I mean, I had to be probably like 10 or 11 years old. My little brother was two years younger. Well, we're sitting at the dinner table and my older brother, he was a hooligan. Well, he's, you know, mouthing off to my stepdad, be, you know, for whatever reason while we're eating dinner. Well, my stepdad goes to punch him in the face at the table. And my older brother, man, is, you know, he ducked it. And I'm sitting there just <laughs> eating my food and bow. <laughs> fucking i was the one that took the shot man (laughs) my little brother will tell you i knew when i hit the floor my brother said my fork was still in the air yeah and i just remember being on the ground because i didn't cry because it was just like a force just took me out the chair because i didn't see it coming i just remember laying on the ground looking up at my little brother where's my phone and i'm like dude like what the fuck just happened and my little brother was looking at me like holy shit dude (laughs) that was just one incident but man i took the full force of that shot man (laughs) like a truck just hit me just All that and he was like, we are. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that. he was like, he was a big dude. He was like six foot two, two sixty, lifted weights, did all that shit, man. I mean, this dude was, you know, I just like I said, I didn't cry or nothing because it was just like a force. I mean, you had this giant fist just like meet my tiny head, like, yep. like oh my god, somebody threw a cinder block at me, dude. Just took me right out of the chair. So when, yep. when he goes down to lift, it's oh like channeling God, all of that. Man. Like he channels sure. all of that. And um, I, it's so intense that I just remove myself from the room. Because one, he lifts things that I find unbelievable. And I don't, I, I've said this to a mom and she actually loved it in regards to her kids. I said, my self-doubt doesn't need to be in that room with him. <laughs> yeah and, and she was like i love that i'm gonna use yeah. that <laughs> because it's true she's like you know i have to think that every time my kids like do something wild like on their dirt bikes or something like that i want to be the mom that like encourages them to like you know get dirty and and do things that are you know a little bit scary but like i, I have to let go i have to let go about all the things that could happen and just see what will happen if i give them this liberty and this ability to discover themselves but like that's what i have to do when when he's lifting because i 
there's so much that he has to channel in that space and so much that he has to put into each lift for himself. And that's really become his catharsis now. But that's what he tells people all the time is like, you have to be a person who's regularly attacked, honestly, to get to this level of like, diesel and fuck you attitude. Everybody can lift weights, but like the people like you, you, uh, like some of the world's strongest men, like, you know, you hear there was one guy that was from South Africa in particular, and they were asking him, you know, how his childhood was. And the, it was fucking brutal. And then there was an American guy, uh, Derek Poundstone, back, you know, about 10, 11 years ago, I think he retired. But his upbringing was brutal as well, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I, I guess... And you hear some of the old-time strongman, it's the same shit, like um, Bruno San Martino, you know, one of the, he was a strong man and, you know, real wrestler from back in the day. And, um, I mean, he, he had to hide from Nazis, and they were eating snow before his family came to America, and they landed in, I guess, Pittsburgh or went to Pittsburgh. When the Nazis were coming through Rome, his mother, they had to hide in the mountains, and for food, they were eating snow and all this other shit, and he was a gangly little uh teenager you know and then he came to the states and was picked on and then he just decided to you know because once they were in america you know then they had you know more access to food and freedom and all that stuff so he bulked up lifted weights and then ended up becoming you know what everybody the legend that he is now that's amazing i didn't know that yeah you make me want to lift weights again though i know right we have a weight bench downstairs yeah I'm, I'm, I'm on my path. Like, uh, I do enjoy cardio, but as he said, we're just going to get a weight vest that can handle up to a hundred pounds. And we're just going to keep weighting me right now. I'm, I'm just on my free weight right now, but, um, and that's taxing, but I'm, I know that it will be a matter of months before that's way too easy. And I'm going to need to upscale it, but yeah, you don't have to just like lift weights to build muscle. Yeah. You, know, you can walk, you can do calisthenics. I see some I like people with walking. calisthenics are insane. I like yeah. And I don't really want to build muscle so much as I just, I've got osteopenia. And so I, so I do like for the, I just, it's not a lot of weight. I just multiple, um, reps. Yeah. I down down like that. And then I have one that I get on one knee and I go like this. Yeah. Then I walk, but I had not thought of, of, I have ankle weights, but they're, I, I, but they're hard to walk in. Mm-hmm. like they they i trip on them yeah i have a weighted vest you probably need to make them tighter yeah and they they're hard they're annoying every once in a while like mine will pop off like the velcro on them is like getting worn and stuff but the vest is a good idea because it's kind of like you're it's kind of like what they say about like you know your finances and stuff don't spend more than what you get so like if you if you you know, constantly are you know, under this pressure and it's not of you. Like I I'm basically taking on weight as I'm losing, <laughs> losing it and building muscle and, and strength. So I think that's a good plan for me because I like to get in my head when I'm doing things. I don't like counting reps and things like that. I don't, I like and, to walk. I like to be outside yeah. and I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like, you know, I do those other things just so that just because it's good for, for my arms and, and that kind of thing. But I, I, uh, I've been trying a backpack, but it's, I like the idea of the rest, rest better. Mm-hmm. A backpack hurts your back. Yeah. It yeah. Does. Cause it throws your uh, center of gravity off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Vest is way better because it's like in line with your person. Yeah. 
So that's, I think, what we're going to do. never even knew there was such a thing. Right? A weight vest? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think they, they make them that go up to several hundred pounds. Yeah. No, thank you. I'd be happy with, like, 20 pounds would be fine. And they make those. They make 10-pounders. They make ones, you know, like I said, you can just keep loading them with weights. Because when you start wearing a lot of clothes, you just get too hot. It's true. It's true. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna do pull-ups in them. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't even do a pull-up right now. So I'm, I'm thinking that if I do that, maybe it'll it'll get me where I need to go. And maybe I'll start doing more weightlifting like proper, but, um, I I just need to get past my couch right now. And all of the, the wonderful balls you're sitting up. So you're now you're stepping. No, I I mean, I'm always doing something, which thank God if I wasn't, and if I didn't have a house where I had to go up and down stairs too, that's another thing. Three Um, stories. Yeah. I I missed that when I was in, um, the only thing that was good about it was that I was traveling with a lot of extra weight on me constantly when I was in (laughs) Minnesota, but like we had an, we had an elevator. So I was like, wow, this is weird. Like I'm not you know, walking up and down stairs and I, you You don't have to take the elevator. No, I don't. Um, but it did. I did. (laughs) I was walking a lot. Fortunately for me, all of it. Well, I guess it was fortunate. Unfortunate. All the airports I was going to, like whatever terminal I like arrived in, I had to like walk for like miles to get to my next gate. (laughs) So like, it was great. I got a lot of walking in, um, and waited walking in. Um, but yeah, that's a, well, I mean, we went on a tangent, but I wanted to let, you know, it, it's the same for him. That's why he loves being around creative energy too. It really calms him when I'm creating and stuff. And when he gets to take part. It's in cool it. to watch. Yeah. Cause he's like, it's just super relaxing. And it's that, that cool. yeah, it's that state where he gets to kind of like share with me and just be calm. And he's like, this Zone is so out. nice. Yeah. It's cool. i like what a great what a great um thing to wrap up on is just this whole idea of just physical fitness and and actually my mother had little weights she that's awesome right up till the end she did senior strength it's really really important my dad actually right now he um so he's my whole life has been a, a barber um, and then he got his senior cosmetologist license and a master barber's license he's had, he's had, but then he also was a massage therapist and now he's got his personal training certification and he's working with elder care. So he's, he's basically doing that right now. He's, uh, working with the elderly to try and get them more mobility. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's, he's meeting with a guy every day who, he said, man, let me tell you what, this guy is sharp and his eyesight is unbelievable. He's like, he loves to read and, um, and we play cards and we're like, he, my dad just has fun with him. He's like, honestly, it's, it's, um, it's fun to just go over there and, you know, we play games and stuff and, and he really, he really enjoys the time. It's been, it's been really good for him. Um, so you just basically are getting paid to be a senior citizen, a buddy, buddy. a buddy. He's, How he's, cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, and he knows all the, he knows all of my, I mean, I'm so fortunate with my dad. Of course, I always, you know, it's sad that I, I had to come to appreciate my mother 
and I've always appreciated my father. Um, my dad has always been the, the like guy who had like little extra things to give you. Like he never oh. answered a question with a yes or no. It was always this, and this is the history. And, and that was always the case. And I didn't like it at first, but now I just love it. And he knows everything. He knows everything about like proteins, protein structure, you know, diets, dieting, how, how to do all those things. He was a triathlete growing up. So my dad, many martial arts that he's done, um, he, he knows, uh, the ergonomics of the body very, very well, just all the things that he's done. So just having that in my life, my whole life has been pivotal. Um, and I was born with an underdeveloped hip. So I, I had a body cast on from like, like basically here down when I was a newborn and I had to sit and have my, like a hip. little gingerbread man. Yeah. I had to have my, yeah. my bone <laughs> grow into my hip or else I would have oh walked my one leg. God, yeah. And I was the first, you imagine my mom had to go through that. Um, but yeah, like I had, I not had a, a parent parents that were both very active. My mom wasn't um, inactive either. She loves activity, but she's like you, she likes practical activity. She likes, she likes to walk and she likes to like do things. Like if she's physical, it's with a purpose, you know, she wants to lift things that she needs to move. And, you know, like, she's not just going to lift things to lift things. Um, but like they were both very active and right away, um, my doctors were like, you got to get this kid in water. So all, mo most of my childhood was spent swimming and my parents were avid swimmers and, and um, scuba divers and things like that. So they, I learned so much from my parents in that respect that now I'm like, I don't know what kids are doing these days, but I do know that what I received as a childhood and education is vastly different and super rare because I, I just assumed everybody knew these things. Like when I took talk to people and I suggest certain things, they kind of look at me like I have five heads, like what kind of expert are you in this? And I'm like, I kind of, I kind of have lived this. <laughs> I don't know what kind of expert you have to be, but like this. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. Like I, this is a thing. But yeah, it is a great way. And this was wonderful for me too. I needed that little cry for Alex. I thought it, I thought I had gotten past um, crying with her, but I still, it's just, it's, it's such a happy cry though, because it's such a, there's no, there's no regret there. It's just this overwhelming, like it's so much, you can't hold it kind of feeling, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. it just kind of has to come out of you. Like I'm feeling it again, but it is, it's just that, like, it just, oh, it's so, it's a good, it's good. <laughs> it's, good. it's not something we get past. No, no. It's, first of all, it's not an obstacle. No. So why would we get past it? Like an obstacle. It's something that's always with us. And when those moments, like for me, this was a really special moment. Like I feel as though, and if I think about apprenticeship diaries, if you take that whole theme of apprenticeship, like we're all, I'm an apprentice of the great creator, if you yeah. the great yeah. artist or, or whatever, you know, that, and, and we both are, or we're apprentices to each other. So this chapter that this is, that I could share this chapter with you, the, the, and, and really the organization that 
my mother always gave all us kids roles. And, and, and so I, you know, my, my sister, my one sister had her role and Dot had her role and, you know, everybody had their role. And mine was always, you know, the help clean the closet, organize her closet, fold her clothes, help get rid of this or that. She always had piles of things for me, you know. So the, the ultimate service as a daughter that I was able to do at the end was that last organizing. Mm-hmm. And, and I then I'm able to share that with you so that mm-hmm. as a diary, a chapter in, in that life, and now all of a sudden I'm the oldest. And I well, and not only that, but you know, I don't want to think about this day. Um, but this is what I thought about you when know, my therapist and her in her um, celebration of life, his, her daughter had done an interview with her and her daughter played that interview during her, her celebration of life. And I was able to hear Alex's voice again. And so now your child and your children's children and their children, they can hear you. And if there is an NFT, uh, that, that, <laughs> it'd be cool uh, to have forever. It's this, it's this recording. It's what they get to witness of their, their legacy and their family for a time where they get to hear these things and they get to atone. And my dad always talked about this. He, when my, when my first um, nephew was being born, my dad, they were talking about what they want to be called. He's called Poppy, by the way, but he didn't get, he didn't, he didn't get what he wanted. He, what he wanted was grandfather. Grandfather. My mother was like, what? I'm like, yeah, no, immediately shot down. You want to be called grandfather? And he's like, yeah, because he's like, I, I always, when I think about it, I think about the old native American grandfather where they would come to the grandfather and they would ask for the stories See, grandfather old. is actually an honorific. It's not really. Yeah. So, but we always called our grandpa, our grandfather, grandpa, and my yeah. father, grandpa, my kids called my dad, grandpa, and, and they still call Danny, grandpa, Dan, and then they call Ross, grandpa, grandfather, his granddaughter on, you know, <laughs> his, his natural son's granddaughter. She, she calls him pop pop. Yeah, yeah. I think Poppy is really cute. Man, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have been there because I'm like, you know what? Shit in one hand and wish in the other. Which one feels the hardest? Well, I just I what I took from that was just again, like I said, like write your own eulogy. Like how how and that is that is how I see my dad. My dad is the storyteller. My dad's the joke guy. My dad is my dad is the guy who who loves to he loves to tell stories. He loves to perform. He loves all of that. So for him to kind of think of his role as, as a grandparent and what he wanted to be called and kind of think about that image of like the grandfather, like somebody that you source for the the old stories of your, like, I I was like, that's cool. You know, I I like that. I can see what you're going for. I I don't think it's going to happen. I'm like, easy there, wider. (laughs) (laughs) and here i'm being grandmother yeah yeah this is is a grandmother's baby for sure yeah but that's the thing is that like uh, and that's what i thought i really want to get my mom on here it's really hard to peg her down 
Um, but I'm probably just gonna have to start recording her one day and just be like, well, I got it. Um, but my dad, he actually met with me because he was one of my first uh, mentors in apprenticeship for hair. And so I wanted to interview him for the podcast. Oh, cool. And so, and so I have that, you know, I'll have that of my dad for forever. And he was like, Amy, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't realize how much you absorbed. Like that was really cool. <clears throat> That was a really cool thing, just much like how you're you're kind of feeling about this right now. Like it's a really cool thing. It's very cathartic and it's very neat to commune with the people in your life and 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 hear how much they absorb and how much you're able to share. And he was like, it was it was really cool to kind of dip back in the things that I've done and and be recognized for them. I didn't think that you saw all that. And I said, Are you kidding me, man? Like <laughs> I've been paying attention. Um and he, he said, I felt really good. I felt really good. I said, it, it felt really good for me too, because I always have this of you and it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. yeah. So I want people when they hear this, you know, if you're at all scared to do a, a diary entry with me, this is what it's like. Like it, I'm not, it's wherever, whatever phase of life you come in, it's fine. We're going to talk about it. There's lots of story. You've done a lot don't think you haven't. And it's, it's really not scary. It's just a moment in time. It's just a diary entry. It's, that's it's all it is. so special. And mm-hmm. we're, I can't wait till next month. I know. I, know. I would love it. I would love it to have you a regular person on the podcast. So it's going to be an ongoing story. because yeah. it, it, I think, I think there's a lot to share. And I think well, you are a teacher, right? Yeah. You are a teacher. So that, that's important for you to do these things. And I, I would love to give you a regular spot like that because you have such a wealth of knowledge, dude. Like I'll crazy. teach anything you want. What do you need to do? <laughs> well, right now it's just amazing that like, how, I mean, to, from- how to get over, how to not get over. What I hear, how to celebrate the loss of a loved one truly and be able to think of them before yourself. It's yes. not about me. Yeah. It's not yeah. about me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, uh, as far as me concerned with you, you've already taught me so much. And just the fact that, like, one of the things that I, I kind of take home from a lot of my experiences learning is that sometimes it's just good to know that you're on the right path. So when I, when I talk to you and you are older than me, I feel really good about where I'm at because I feel like we do share so much and we do see things. So, you know, the same way that it makes me feel very confident in the fact that I'm living my truth and that I'm pursuing the kind of happiness that I know that maybe only you and I can understand because we get it, but like, it makes me happy knowing that meaningful to me yeah because in this new chapter in my life that I'm wanting to do even just people that I talk to and that that's what I want to be able to do is help people realize their own potential no matter what it is beyond you know yeah we can learn how to make things but the beyond that I don't even know what the word for it is is there that cat? Yeah. I thought so, I thought that somebody at first I thought Recall was making shadows with his fingers because the, nope. the cat's 
tail is like, does he have two tails? It <laughs> would be cool if he did. He'd be some kind of Katsume or it something. Wasn't. It looks like, you know how when you do these things like this, it was looking like this. <laughs> he's he's a like furry a man. Cartoon, like a cartoon of a witch's cat, you know, yeah. how for Halloween. Yeah, he's like a little shadow. He is. He's yeah. a little shadow. He's That's like yeah. That's like a beautiful cat. He's such a sweetie. He is the sweetest, sweetest cat. But no, you're 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 100% right. That's my aim too. Is that um, you know, I'm kind of addicted to people, and my addiction really comes down to falling in love with their potential more than I do them themselves. So I figured if I could do something that really just kind of aided their potential and kept enough distance from me, so I don't fall into my own addiction. (laughs) <laughs> this podcast this podcast would be yeah. something so like i know we always talk for so long i'm looking at the clock we've been on the we've been talking for let's say 11 10 11 12 we've been talking for almost two hours i love that's it that's great that's You're awesome i'm editing this one no i mean i i don't think there's much to edit to be honest with you i think it's been just a really great you know you can get out you can edit it out my wiping my nose on my sleeve i'm just gonna put a picture of ikis's face like up that happens I'm just like kitty <laughs> you can put that picture of the of the um of my yard i've actually given you a lot of pictures you can put you have you've given me and i took a screenshot of this setup <clears throat> because it has not only that beautiful beautiful tapestry there but the the your father's sculptures as well it was a perfect setup and i i, I appreciate you always thinking about that that's really cool really really cool of you well, I'm going to say goodbye. Yes, I think it's time. We've ran its course. He's been hiding in his bed. <laughs> well, tell him thank you for letting us um, borrow you. And um, yeah. you only, you only wore one on sweater. We're, yes. We're going to get him on here. So Yeah, no, we'll totally get on. Him and Rico can share a lot. So Oh, my God. You and I can go take a break and they can just talk about who knows what. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> but I love you. Thank love you, you so too. much. Yes. You're awesome. Yeah, thank you. You yeah. really helped me. Bye. Oh, ditto. <laughs> Bye, girl. <laughs> well, that's another awesome time with Miss Carol LeBaron. Thank you, girl. You always inspire and heal me. I needed this. I'm sure everybody else probably picked something out of this that they could use for the rest of the week. And just remember, diary listeners, you could. You could. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.